The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WNTV, Maple Oak Communities, staff, or management. The information and advice presented is educational in nature, and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investments. Welcome to Real Life Real Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week, as every week, we're showing folks just like you how to get on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. And one of the ways that we like to do that is to hear from you about what it is you would like to hear as a topic here on Real Life Real Estate. My guest and I were just discussing before the program, Real Life Real Estate will have been on the air for 14 years in March, and um, or April, excuse me, and boy, that's a lot of shows to have to fill, and I don't always know if I'm talking about what y'all want to talk about, so the way you can tell me what you want to talk about is you can become a fan of Real Life Real Estate at realliferealestateradio.com. realliferealestateradio.com is our fan page for the program, and uh, we sent out a call a couple of days ago asking for some good topics and Adam from Louisville said best techniques for finding buyers for wholesale deals. Dorn says the various investing techniques, advantages and disadvantages where we should start and could I lay out the plan I had when I got started. (laughs) I actually probably still have that on my computer somewhere and I bet I've ended up in a completely different place than what that plan said. But in any case, if you go to realliferealestateradio.com and become a fan of the program, you can post topic suggestions and we will definitely program around those. Big news this week in, gosh, all sorts of things around uh, real estate for real estate investors, including the announcement on Monday that Fannie Mae is reversing its four-house rule that it enacted back in 2008. Uh, For many years, Fannie Mae had a 10-loan limit for real estate investors, or I guess for any borrower. Uh, Back in 2008, for reasons that are completely beyond me, they decided that, you know, rather than keep loaning money to people who were paying them, uh, they were going to cut that number back to four houses. And that, of course, created a great deal of stress amongst real estate investors all over the country, and particularly to people who were selling to real estate investors all over the country. The new guidelines do put some strictures on loans number 5 through 10. The borrower has to have a credit score above 720, and the maximum loan to value is 70 to 75%, not 80%. So if you can show up with 30% in either cash or equity, and you've taken real good care of your credit score per Lucy Brenton a few weeks back, might want to go download that show off of realliferealestateradio.com. Uh, then you now are open to do loans number five through 10. So that's good news. Got some other news that my guest brought in for me today that uh, we're going to talk about a little bit. I suppose that first I should uh, introduce uh, my guest. It's Mark Miller from Group Realtors, Cincyland.com is the um, name of the other company, I suppose. 
And uh, he was born and raised in Cincinnati. He's a real estate broker here in the area, specializing really in land, which is one of the things we're going to touch on today. Uh, spent a number of years building custom homes out in California and has been licensed to sell real estate in Florida, California, Kentucky, and Ohio. Joining me here in the studio is Mark Miller. Mark, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hello, Vina. Thanks for having me. Um, glad to glad to have you here. Um, you sent me an email a, a month or so ago saying, uh, "Hey, you know, I've got some stuff that I want to want to say to real estate investors." And uh, then we had this like whole plan, and then boom, <laughs> out comes a new plan because there's some news about the home buyer tax credit that could end up affecting those of us who sell houses to home buyers. Absolutely, it's been essentially doubled to a maximum of 15000 and an absolute tax credit. It's no longer a loan where it has to be repaid, and it can be spread out over two years. So that's going to definitely help buyers to get back into the market now. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing that we don't quite know about this yet is uh, whether it's going to be good news for our low-income home buyers, because I believe that the original provision that was that's actually already passed had some things about it that were not as favorable, but it may have had some things about it that were more favorable. Um, this new one has no repayment provision. The old one did. The new one has a $15,000 credit limit. The old one, I believe, was 7500 But this one has to be limited to taxes actually paid, which the other one, my understanding was, didn't. It was a true tax credit. But the uh, information sheet you brought us says that it, it can be split over the course of two years. So... If your buyer has $7,500 in taxes that they're paying each year for two years, that will get them to the same Correct. place, we assume. <laughs> it's a 10% up to 15000 and can be spread over two years. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically what we're talking about is anyone buying a house up to $150,000, which makes me suddenly feel really sorry for my friends in California who are never going to sell a house at that price. But here in Cincinnati, that'll buy you a pretty, a pretty decent house uh, if the uh the the taxpayer is paying $15,000 in taxes over the course of 2 years he basically can get that as a down payment and not pay it back correct if it passes yes which it hasn't yet that is in the <laughs> bill right now and hopefully will be passed very shortly and uh can have buyers coming out of the woodwork and revitalizing the market like crazy mhm mhm yep that would be good news for the whole economy but especially for those folks out there who had made a business of buying, fixing, and selling to homeowners and have found that to be a little bit of a challenging business just lately. And it does have to be owner-occupied. So for investors looking for rental property, it would not qualify. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's our two big chunks of news for the day. And if you have questions or comments about that or about anything we're talking about today on Real Life Real Estate, give us a call at 772-9648 or call us toll-free at 877 you're right. I don't know how many times I have to say this phone number before I get it right. 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email by going to askvena.com. That's A-S-K-V-E-N-A dot com. And uh, we will get it here in the studio. But remember, our emails are a little bit slow. So if you want to make sure that you get your questions answered, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 are the numbers to call. Now, Mark, before we jump into what we're going to talk about t- today, which is sort of your 
predictions for 09 and in terms of what's going to happen in the real estate market with the best ways to invest are and and, and some we're, we're going to be kind of all over the place we're going to talk about land a little bit you wanted to say hi to a soldier heading off to iraq that's correct my stepson corporal marine douglas master serio leaves friday unfortunately the 13th for iraq so if everybody could keep him in their thoughts and prayers, that would be much appreciated. Yes, and if you see him, thank him for his service. Um, Mark, when you sent me this initial contact, you, met, you said something that was, that was real interesting to me. Um, again, your background being as a real estate agent, uh, that you had actually increased your sales in 2008, which a lot of people thought was like the worst real estate market in, in, in our lifetimes. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about how that happened. Well, we've been able to increase our sales every year since starting in 2002. And 2007 was a pretty rough year for most people, but we had our second best year then and best year in 08. It definitely involves studying the market. We have a network of agents we keep in touch with locally and around the country to be up on trends. We've always done hardcore networking. It's never worked to just list a property and wait for the phone to ring. So we're very proactive about getting it and keeping it in front of the right people, picking up the phone and talking to people, engaging people, and then adapting and changing as the market has changed. As homes started to slow in sales, we adapted to selling more commercial property and that worked really good for a while and then commercial lending tightened up and that started to slow down and we adapted to selling more foreclosures and have worked with a lot of investors recently buying foreclosure property. Cincinnati is one of those areas where you can still buy homes for the price of cars and uh, we've had some investors jump in and get some of those to become rentals and that's a that's a great niche right now mm -hmm. so the secret asked for all of us is pay attention to what's happening and don't keep trying to do the thing that's not going to work anymore definitely <laughs> you're listening to real life real estate investing our numbers here in the studio are 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or you can send us an email via askvina.com It is Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Mark Miller from CincyLand.com. We're talking about just all kinds of stuff today. Mark's been in the real estate market a long time in a lot of different uh, arenas. And uh, we've discussed the new Fannie Mae rules. We've discussed the possibility of the new, of the new home buyer tax credit. And I, I guess, Mark, the, the, the thing that I want to go to next is just basically... Clearly, you're someone who moves your business toward where the market is as opposed to hoping the market comes back. For 2009 and, and beyond, what are your sort of predictions about what things are going to look like overall? Well, in spite of the doom and gloom you hear everywhere else, I think there's a good chance that the market can turn around this year, especially by midsummer. Uh, we have some inside sources telling us that within 30 days, fixed interest rates will be as low as 4.5%. With this $15,000 tax credit hopefully passing in the near future, plus the low interest rates, plus the drop in prices that we've seen pretty much throughout the country, it's just a fantastic buyer's opportunity right now. And I think people are going to start to realize that and start coming back into the market and 
picking up these properties that are at just at great prices right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, some some of the properties, are, let me let me say, a lot of the properties that are available on the market today are really not homeowner ready. I mean, when you look at the gigantic bubble of of REO properties that are on the market, that you go into them and they've got mold and they smell bad and they you know they're they're horrible nasty awful properties those are not what we're talking about when we say the market recovers we're saying we're talking about homeowner type looks good smells good ready to move into properties here yes but that does make a good niche for investors that are willing to pick those up and do the cosmetic work so they'll be more appealing to the homeowner you're right that somebody that's a first-time buyer frequently is scared away from that work they don't have a good sense of really the costs involved they're overwhelmed but if you can deal with that, you can pick them up at such a good price now. But you can't be greedy. You can't be focused on making the killing that you could have made a few years ago. You have to do the work, make a little bit, and move on to the next one. And there's definitely an opportunity for that right now. And 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 do high-quality work. Uh, some, some of the stuff that we saw back in 04, 05, where investors were flipping properties, it was really, the, the market was so hot that many times it was, oh, let's just paint everything and pretty it up and call it good. Uh, I don't think today's home buyers are willing to accept a kind of badly done job. You got you to gotta do it. Yeah, you can't get away with just doing anything like you can when it's a great boom market. You, you just have to work smarter and harder now, but it still can be done. You have to really watch your budget. Always, before you buy, you better have a really good plan of exactly what you're going to do, exactly what it's going to cost. If you're going to try to make it up as you go along, you may be way over budget and it's not going to work. So you just have to work harder and smarter, but it still can be done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and figuring out as you go along is a good way to overpay in the first place. you gotta, you kind of got to know what the plan is before you can even decide what to pay. Um, De- definitely. You get that target price. And then work backwards from there. Figure all your expenses and, you know, figure what you have left to offer. And especially with these REOs, bank-owned properties, HUD properties, they're very negotiable. If you, especially if you have cash, you're in a great position now. If you can make a cash offer on something, if you can do your inspections first and make it an inspection-free cash offer, you have a great chance of really beating up these sellers on price. 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 are the numbers to call if you have a question for Mark Miller on any topic that we are discussing today or really probably any topic at all. AskVina.com is the place to go to send us an email if you'd uh, like to go that direction. Although, again, remember, we sometimes get our emails late here. So if you're sending it toward the end of the program, you probably are just going to want to go ahead and give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. So, Mark, in in your opinion, are foreclosures and REOs for the time being the place to look for bargain properties? I wouldn't exclusively look there because other prices are starting to come down also. The smart seller is studying the market and studying their competition and pricing their home to compete with those properties. So, you can find, you know, homes that have been on the market a while. They tend to be more negotiable. And, and not all the REOs and foreclosures are really beat-up properties. If you, if you pick and choose, you can find them in pretty good shape. Unfortunately, there's a trend now that if the property's vacant for very long, somebody's 
broken in and stolen the copper plumbing out, and that's not that big a deal to deal with, but you better be prepared to deal with it because it's pretty rampant across the board. Yes, I've had several occasions where the copper was in it when I did my inspection and then out when I closed. <laughs> so I had one uh, that I fixed up, and the, the buyer did the walkthrough like the day before closing, and I turned on the water, and I thought... Well, that's strange. The water's turned off, and I, I own the place, and I never turned it off. And sure enough, went in the basement, no pipes. Yeah, 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 very true. Now, your your other uh, area of experience is with, with commercial properties, um, more the larger multifamilies, the retail, you know, the, 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 the non-residential, the non-single-family residential properties. In that arena, where are the deals? I think they're harder to find. It's been slower for those to hit the foreclosure market. There's there's definitely way fewer of them. I think they tend to get snatched up at the sheriff's sales before they make it onto the local MLS, whereas now there are so many residential foreclosures. It used to be to get the best deals, you would go to the sheriff's sales for those, but I think there's so many of them now that are listed. It's a safer way to do it because you can go through them. You can take your time a little bit. I've always felt sort of pressured at those sheriff sales, and I actually did buy a house once at the sheriff sale without going through it first. Looked pretty good from the outside. <laughs> After I bought it and opened the front door, discovered that the main support post in the basement was rotting out, caving in, and pulling the walls in with it. Uh-huh. So you definitely want to inspect them first. But but it's it's harder to find those deals in commercial property right now. It may be easier to find them as the year goes on, but right now it, it, that's more finding a needle in the haystack. It appears to me as if um, the banks are more hesitant to foreclose on those properties. They will they will let them be in default for much longer <laughs> before they even take them to sheriff sale. Often, I think, in an effort to sell them prior to the sheriff sale so that they don't have the vacant 40-unit building, which is a whole different problem than the vacant single-family home. Are you seeing some of that where there are people in arrears by a year that haven't been foreclosed on? That could be true. I'm not personally aware of that, but it makes sense because definitely in spite of the market right now, I don't see near as many commercial foreclosures as residential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we're largely seeing the same thing. And then even often when a commercial property does go through foreclosure or or the owner gives the bank a deed in lieu, they don't seem to get to the MLS very quickly. They will. I, I've seen buildings that were clearly vacant. You know, you drive by them at night. There's 50 units. There's no lights on. You know, there's it's clearly a vacant property. And then when you call the bank or you look it up on the tax rolls, you you see that it's actually been in the hands of the bank for several months. It's almost like they don't quite know how to handle them once they get them. And traditionally, banks have been pretty hard to work with as far as getting somebody to call you back on the phone. And I think that's maybe loosening up now, too, just because they are overwhelmed with the numbers that they have and, and they're ready to make deals and to start selling them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. My guest today is Mark Miller from CincyLand.com, and we're taking your calls at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658, or you can send us an email at AskVina.com or uh, try AskVina at gmail.com because my, my inbox is suspiciously empty, and we were having some forwarding problems over the last few weeks that I thought we had solved but the askvina at gmail.com address we 
know for certain works. So uh, basically, Mark, you're kind of enthusiastic about the market. Yeah, I remain optimistic. Um, we've been able to defy the odds so far, and it's definitely harder right now. It's probably the biggest challenge I faced in selling. But this time of year, I always reanalyze everything about my business and how to move forward. And um, another good niche for us has been actually churches. Which, really? I mean, it, it's maybe obvious that there'd be um, a need for that in hard times because prayer <laughs> is maybe the answer when nothing else is working. But it seems to be there's always churches that are expanding and downsizing. So we've been pretty successful moving some churches. And sometimes those buildings are convertible to other use. So that's something creative to consider. Now that is a niche. I got to tell you, <laughs> that is a niche. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. A shout out to our newest fans at Real Life Real Estate Radio.com, John Bardeen, Christina Jerzyk, Shane Olmsted, Boy Dreet, D-G-R-I-T, maybe there's a vowel missing. Dreet, I'm going to guess. Bob Belonsky, Mike Joyce, Michael Thomas, Jeff Miles, Drew Sullivan, and David Shell. And you can become a fan of Real Life Real Estate Investing by just going to realliferealestateinvesting.com. While you're there, you can download 100 programs, 100 Real Life Real Estate Investing shows. All the education, none of the hype. But you got to be a fan. Real life real estate investing, sorry, real life real estate radio.com is the correct web address. And yes, you'll have to join Facebook to become a fan, but it doesn't cost anything. It's really easy. And Mike is deeply regretting that I ever talked him into that. And now, this week, my job is to talk Mike into getting a Twitter account. And I can't explain to him that that's not even vaguely pornographic and it's useful and. It's free, okay. and oh, now he's now he's ready. We'll just sign him up right now. Uh, so, we're talking today about sort of a, a variety of subjects with Mark from Cincyland.com. Um, Mark, one of your specialties that's kind of unusual uh, out there in the world is land. You like land. What is it about land? Now, how can land be unusual? <laughs> I, anybody, anywhere, if you look down, you're standing on it. <laughs> it's the most common thing there is. Okay, <laughs> good point. But in terms of uh, things that we buy and sell, most people, when they, when they think real estate, they're thinking improved real estate. Right, right. Well, land certainly has that potential to be improved. Um, there are certain issues that you have to look into when buying land, availability of utilities, topography, what's going to happen to the water when it hits the land, drainage, such water issues. But the main thing about land that makes it a good investment is they are not making any more of it. <laughs> and it's always being developed, even now in this market there's development going on which means there's less and less land available it's definitely a good investment if you were able to get some of your money out of the stock market now is a good time to invest in real estate mm -hmm. and land is is a great investment now i know many of the folks that you sell land to are have a specific use for it they're builders they're developers they're looking at it saying i want to put a 
restaurant here. I want to put a you know, housing here. What about land as as a speculative investment? Like, I think this piece of land might at some point be closer to the, you know, how the city grows outward. And, and you know, I think this, like, I, I wish that I had bought all the farmland I could find in Westchester, Ohio in around 1965. No <laughs> doubt. And, and that that's potentially still a good investment, but it's not a quick turnover thing. And especially now with a downturn in development, you can buy land like that, but it's going to be a long-term speculative thing. What really drives the value of land, like you said, is if there's a absolute immediate need or use to develop it. One thing that happens, we also sell a lot of houses with acreage. That's um, part of our land specialty. And people that have a house with acreage, when they go to sell, a lot of times they think they're going to get a ton more money because of all this extra land they have. But the land in that case really does not bring a lot of extra money unless it has that development potential. That house will probably sell quicker if it's priced similar to a house that doesn't have land. You can certainly have you know, a nice ambiance and privacy if you have land around you to, you know, give you some seclusion from the rest of the world. But the value is always going to be driven by that development potential. If there's a builder that can build on it, they're going to pay the premium price to get that development going. Sort of like commercial property now, if somebody can make money off of it, they're going to buy it now, regardless of what the market is, if they have a way to make money off of it. Mm -hmm. So as in every area of investing, you don't run out and do it just because you have a hunch. You get educated. Right. You have to look at the specifics of your location, of, of everything that specifically affects that one piece of property. You can't just across the board say that land is a great investment. Generally, it is. They aren't making any more of it. But as you look at a specific site to invest in, you have to somewhat become an expert on that site, the conditions surrounding it. And, you know, it always comes down to location because once you buy a piece of land, it's hard to change its location. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go to the phones and talk to Tammy, who's called on line one. Tammy, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, guys. It's an interesting show tonight. Thanks a lot. Uh, Mark, my question is, you were talking about cash, and you were also talking about um, low interest rates. If you do have cash to buy property, but the interest rates are low, which way is it better to go? Uh, in other words, would it be better to put less money down if you could? Like, for, like if you could get a 5% loan, does it make more sense to put down 5% versus 20%? Is that your question? Well, let's say, let's say you've got enough cash to go ahead and buy a piece of property outright. Uh-huh. Would it be more smart to to use your cash that way or to take advantage of the low interest rates, especially ah. if the lower interest rates that you're talking about actually do the materialize? The cash versus leverage question. Actually, there's a way to do both. And I think the best strategy is when you're buying the property, if you can, make it a cash purchase because the seller is going to start drooling over that. They don't have to deal with the uncertainty of the loan market now. And once you buy the property, then you can go out and leverage it with a loan and still take advantage of those low interest rates. Okay. But at least maybe not make it a contingency in the purchase. And, and Tammy, what's, what's interesting is I, I was looking at the newspaper yesterday, and there was a local bank that was offering 4.5% interest on a CD for six months, and like 55 if you were willing to put it there for 18 months. So 
one of the ways to look at this is if you just put your 20% down and bought your house and you took the other 80% and put it in that CD, yep. you'd be making more off the CD than you were paying in interest on your loan, wouldn't you? So what 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 in other words in other words you can either you can either borrow borrow uh, $100,000 at 4.5% uh-huh or pay ca- pay $100,000 cash but if you pay the $100,000 cash you won't be able to take that $100,000 and put that it in that CD at 5.5% right you're right. actually making a percent on that now if if interest rates on mortgages really go that low i think interest rates across the board on that sort of thing will be coming down but the one of the questions you always have to ask is can i make more money with my money okay and that's what I've been curious about. So that's great. Thank you. Gener- generally, the answer is if you're if you're an educated investor, buying five houses at twenty percent down a piece and leveraging them is going to make you more money overall than buying one house for cash. Okay. And certainly, if it's your own residence, you can write off that interest that you're paying on the loan. So that's going to be another tax advantage from it. Okay, very good. Thank you, guys. Okay, Tammy, thank you very much for your question. Tammy called us at 772-9658. If you're outside the Cincinnati area, you can call us at 877-772-9658 to get your questions answered. We've had several that have come in via email at uh, askvina at gmail.com. One from Van in North Carolina that we may not be able to, we may have to research this. Uh, He says... When does the tax credit begin, or will it go back to January 1st of this year? Do we, do we know the answer to that if it passes? As it's written now, it will go back to January 1st. So if you already closed, it'll be retroactive, and you can still take advantage of it, cool. which is great. And his second question is, does it reju- reduce your adjusted gross income by $15,000, saving you 5000 or is it deducted from your actual taxes, owed dollar for dollar? And, Van, the answer is it is a tax credit not a tax deduction. So it is a dollar-for-dollar reduction of your actual taxes. That's my understanding, too, which makes it about three times what it would be if it was just a reduction of the income. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got a question from Steve in Westchester, Ohio. He says, where is the best place to find buyers for apartment buildings? Well, they say that 90% of real estate purchases today start on the Internet. So... If you are ranked on the search engines, apartments for sale on Google, that's probably where the buyers are going to be going. That That's really one of the best ways. And on, on your local MLS is another good way because you have it in front of, you know, thousands of agents that way that are out there representing buyers. So the traditional methods like that still work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he also has a second question, which is, do you use Craigslist? I assume, he doesn't say this, but I assume that he means to find buyers for properties. I've tried Craigslist a bunch of times myself, um, even before the market started to decline. Personally, I've had almost zero response from it. Now, I have heard in hot markets during hot times that people sell their stuff right away on Craigslist, but my personal experience is it's a dead zone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's interesting because uh, I have had in the past similar experiences. How, however, the whole time that I was having that experience, I was talking to other people around the country saying, oh, yeah, that's that's how everybody buys, sells, rents around here. 
I think here in Cincinnati, we might be a little bit behind the time and we might just now be catching up to the idea that there's this thing that, you know, people go to list properties on the Internet. I don't know. Yes. Uh, For all of you out there, as Mark Twain said years and years ago, if the world ever comes to an end, immediately head to Cincinnati because (laughs) it'll be another 10 years before before it gets here. here. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Yutta in or sorry, Uta in Fort Wayne uh, has a question. Are your shows recorded? If so, uh, and someone misses your live show, can they come back and listen later? Uh, yes, Uta, you can listen later. And I know that you are a fan of RealLifeRealEstateRadio.com because I've seen your name up there and I didn't know how to pronounce it. So thank you. Uh, there are There's a link there that will take you to where the last like 100 shows are. And unfortunately, we had gotten a little bit out of date. Uh, the last show was uh, that was posted was January 7th, but... Uh, Mike is diligently working on getting me some of the fill-in shows, and they should be up real soon, the ones that have happened since that time. Uh, Dorn from Indiana says, Do you see any trends in the rental markets as a result of the down economy, and do you think the stimulus package will have any effect on that? Well, absolutely. The all these people that are getting foreclosed are essentially becoming renters. So it's an excellent time to invest in rental property, single-family homes that you can rent out, apartment buildings. And then on the other side of the coin for renters is if you are a renter that wants to stop paying off somebody else's mortgage, there's some of the best deals out there ever right now, the low low interest rates, the tax credit, and the low prices now is the time to quit paying rent and start owning your own home. It's the most glorious peace of mind to have your own home that you can tear a wall down and put it (laughs) three feet over if you want and that nobody can kick you out. Well, I guess the bank can kick you out if you have a mortgage. (laughs) Well, it's kind of glorious peace of mind until that um, washer breaks and you got to go fix it yourself and there's nobody to call. But, (laughs) I mean, for, for many years... Uh, if you if you did a realistic rent versus ownership spreadsheet and said, what does it cost me to own a house versus what does it cost me to rent? In most parts of the country, renting actually made more financial sense. If you're just looking at it on a dollar for dollar basis and ignore the whole pride of ownership thing, uh, because prices in so many parts of the country had gotten so insanely high. A $400,000 house in California was going to get you, what, two bedrooms and a carport, and you could rent that house for fifteen or $1,600 a month. But now that the prices are coming down so much, if you did the same strictly financial look at it, you said, what are my taxes, insurance, maintenance, all the expenses involved, especially in the middle part of the country, it's cheaper by far now to own a house than it is to rent one. And, and it's definitely geographically related, like you're saying, because I have a house for sale right now in California. And for somebody to buy that house, their mortgage is going to be about twice what it would cost them to lease the house. And because of the slow market, I'm now looking at leasing it out. And Cincinnati's the flip side of the coin where you can buy a house for the same price or maybe less than what you can rent one for. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, Very true. We need to take a quick break. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. If you have questions on any of our mini topics today, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or askvina at gmail.com. Hey kids, it's Mr. Drew. Do you want to know more about real estate investing and hear about upcoming events? Check out Vina's website at realliferealestate.com. 
Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Mark Miller from CincyLand.com. And before we leave the topic of Landmark, huh, landmark you uh, are involved in a nonprofit organization here in the area that you wanted to talk a little bit about. Yes, we have a program called Unify Cincinnati. And it's uh, multifaceted. We do some support for Marines overseas. Um, through my broker, we donate some funds to the Cincinnati Children's Home. But the main aspect of it is a land and building donation program. If there's somebody out there that has a building that's maybe blighted, sitting for years, they're sick of paying taxes on it, it's proven to be maybe virtually unsellable, they might consider donation. And we f- freely offer our services to match a donor with a nonprofit that can fix it up to help the homeless. One of the buildings right now is being turned into a women's shelter. It may not sound like the greatest thing, but actually that house I was telling you about that I bought at the sheriff's sale sight unseen with the post rotting out, pulling the walls in with it, caving in, I ended up giving that house away and doubling my money by giving it away. Mm -hmm. So donation is not something to be overlooked. It's sometimes the best alternative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's a win-win if if you get the right receiver that can breathe new life into it. That particular building was given to a church that was able to get some materials and labor donated also. They fixed it up, put it back into service, and instead of being torn down, that building's still in service today. Excellent, excellent. That's Unify Cincinnati is the name of the organization. So all of you folks who have called here over the years and said, I bought a property at a tax lien sale, and when I went into it, it turned out to be gutted, and it's not worth anything, and what do I do to it? And I've said, donate it to charity. Now you know the charity. Okay, uh, Mark, kind of kind of leaving the best for last here, uh, because we had a whole wide variety of, of, of topics that we wanted to cover. Um, One of the biggest concerns on the minds of real estate investors these days is in this market where the number of qualified homeowners has pulled back enormously. If I got a house that I want to sell, how do I make sure that one of those homeowners picks mine versus somebody else's? In other words, best tips on fast ways to sell houses. I'd say there's two main areas for that. One is appearance. The houses that sell the quickest are always the ones that show the best. You need to get rid of clutter, junk, confusion that people see when they walk through. Even taking your personal pictures down, you want the buyer to be able to see it as their home and not to see it as your home. If they see that you have stuff starting to be boxed up, they know that you're committed to move on and they're, you know, able to imagine it as theirs more than if you really look entrenched. Everything should be fixed. If if something's broken, as soon as they find something broken, they're like, well, what else is broken that we don't see? So you, you don't necessarily have to remodel and upgrade everything, but everything should be fixed and working, clean, clean surfaces. If you can paint and recarpet and have some newer surfaces, that's going to help. But the crucialest thing right now is, of course, price. Everybody is expecting a bargain. You need to study the competition, actually go out and tour the homes in your price range, in your neighborhood that are on the market, 
and price yourself accordingly, competitively, so that it, really if you want your home to be the next one to sell, you need to be the ne best value on the market. Mm -hmm. You may not get the killing that you could have made a few years ago, but you still can sell now if you can help people find that value. So it's no longer okay to try it out on the market at the price you want to get and then lower it later. Later is in maybe a couple of days. <laughs> you know, dreaming and wishing doesn't really work right now. You you have to be realistic about what's going on in the market. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, many of our listeners would, would sort of be in the opposite position as opposed to I'm living in my house and trying to sell it while I live here, which is one whole set of challenges. I mean, you know, living in a house and having it show ready at all times is you know, that can be difficult. I, I always, it blew my mind when I go into houses and these people have lots of kids and they're like, the house is perfectly neat. And I'm like, how can people live <laughs> like that? But it but definitely helps to sell. They, they put their kids in self-storage, I, I would assume, because, <laughs> um, but, but many of our folks are in the opposite position where what they've got is a bare house. I mean, it's all fixed up. They've done everything, but nobody is living there. No one has lived there since the rehab has been complete. Do you ever recommend home stagers or home staging Staging can definitely help. It's it's an expense unless you do it yourself, um, but it definitely can help. If if the place is too barren, some of the flaws, little nicks in the walls will show up more because there's nothing else to look at. So having a minimal amount of furniture that sort of helps spur somebody's imagination of how the room could be set up, that, that's definitely a good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be really complex. I mean, I, I, I've uh, got some friends who are professional renovators who have been selling houses for years, and they do, they, they basically have small things, like a little dining room table that they put a little plant on, and they'll set it as if it were for dinner, and they'll put some towels over the stove handle, and it doesn't, it, it's not made to, it's not meant to make the house look as if someone is living there, it's just made to spur the imagination of the buyer as you said to say oh my dining room table would fit there and wouldn't it be cute if I had my couch over here or whatever the case may be and what a lot of these folks do is they they have this little set of furniture and they just move it from house to house as they as they finish this one they you know sell it and then move the furniture onto their next house that they're selling so it doesn't have to be anything super complex it's just all about making your house stand out and I think that does help I, I've even seen where the the bed is an inflatable mattress and, <laughs> you know, but it's got the nice bread spread on it. And maybe that's the only thing in the room. Maybe it's put at a diagonal and there's a nightstand. So it's sparse. It's, it's still easier for somebody to imagine it as their home than when it's packed full of stuff and there's the family photos everywhere. But it sort of gives some ideas. I could do something like this. So staging is definitely something to consider if it's not going to hurt your pocketbook too much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And sometimes when you compare the cost of doing something little like that with the cost of holding the house on the market for another month, when you have to heat it and insure it and pay the taxes on it and have it be a month more market burned and so on, uh, you know, spending uh, even even as much as $500 or $1,000 to get it staged, as they call it, uh, can, can well outweigh. Courage and a positive attitude to invest a little more up front, exactly, and um, 
gives you maybe a better chance to not be on the market a long time, which in the long run is going to cost you more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, okay, got an email from Craig in Linfield, Massachusetts, who says, is there any way I can download your audio programs onto my MP3 player? I don't have any idea how that works, but I think that if you go to realliferealestateradio.com, you will find that those are somehow miraculously downloadable. I don't understand how any of this works. I know that you can burn a CD from them. I know that you can listen to them. And I suspect that you can probably uh, download them onto your MP3 player. But uh, honestly, I am 100% sure of that answer. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 Frank in Waretown, New Jersey says, I'm just getting started in real estate, but I can't afford a lot of the real estate education out there uh, right now. Um, well, again, I would say, Frank, until such time as you can't afford to figure out what you're doing, not a great idea to dive into the market. Would you agree, Mark? Yeah, but certainly there's all the information in the world available free at your fingertips online now. You can do a specific search of what you want to learn about, and the information's out there. The Internet, great source of learning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is, although you, a lot of times when you uh, are searching that sort of information, uh, you have to watch for the inevitable sales pitch that's going to be at the end of just this much information. You know, oh. I've done that before where I'll, you know, I'll go on and I'll say, invest in land. And the site is actually meant to sell me like a $5,000 course on how to invest in land. And there's just this much information there uh, about how to do it. So <laughs> you got to be a little careful. Something sounds suspicious. Maybe you should verify it because, of course, just because you read it on the Internet does not mean it's true. Exactly. But, but there is a wealth of information about real estate out there that, that is available. Mm -hmm. But get that education. Join your local real estate association. That's another thing to... Um, to make sure that you've done so that you have a local perspective on uh, what's selling best um, costs, et cetera. Well, uh, Mark, really appreciate you being here today. Thank you. It's been great fun and uh, hope the viewers and listeners got something out of it. <laughs> listeners. Hey, well, he says viewers because there's people walking past our window all the time. Folks can't see us here in the studio, but there's people walking by and waving all the time. Uh, here in the studio, do not forget to go to realliferealestateradio.com. Uh, I just got word that the downloads are MP3s. They are MP3s. So, yes, the answer is yes, as it turns out to that whole uh, MP3 question. But uh, while you're there, please post us a topic that you would like to hear about. And golly, if you have a guest, that would be uh, even better if you want to contact us and um, talk about being a guest, talk about guests that you would like to hear here on Real Life Real Estate Investing. Uh, we would be more than happy to talk to you more about that, but you've got to become a fan by going to realliferealestateradio.com. Uh, one other quick announcement. Everybody mark your calendars for March 19th. We have a very special guest coming to Cincinnati, Rhea, uh, Peter Conti, who is an expert in commercial properties. Rare uh, for us to have uh, somebody of that uh, stature to come to Cincinnati area, so you do not want to miss that meeting. Mark your calendar March 19th. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.